Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Cinema Spiel. My name is Tim, and uh, we're still in the middle of harvest. Last week, I talked about how the grape harvest was happening. Grape trucks are out there. I'm seeing more and more of them. Uh, this week, the Sonoma Valley Authors Festival is on the plaza, and we got coming up is the Vintage Festival. All sorts of amazing things. But aside from that, today we have a very special guest star. A very special guest star has graced us with her presence. She's come down from the mountains where she's up there preserving the watershed of Sonoma Valley and Sonoma Creek. She's part of the Sonoma Ecology Center. Everybody, it is Caitlin Cornwall. Caitlin, hello. How are you doing? Very well. It's great to be here. <laughs> Thanks for coming in and uh, taking the twigs out of your hair <laughs> and the poison oak out of your I don't know what you do out of your hands and, and come in there. Uh, Caitlin, you're with the Sonoma Ecology Center. Can you, can you tell me a little bit about what that group is and what they do? Sure. Sonoma Ecology Center is, uh, uh, I like to say, we're your friendly neighborhood environmental organization. Oh, good. Uh, so we really have a home turf of the Sonoma Valley watershed, mm -hmm. the, the, this beautiful bowl of paradise here. Um, the Ecology Center has been around for a long time, over 30 years, and I've been oh, there, wow. I like to say 100 years, it's not quite 100 <laughs> years, but a really long time. Since um, you were 12. And uh, <laughs> not quite. <laughs> made a, a child. Um, Worn a lot of different hats there, mm -hmm. and the Ecology Center, we're, we're basically taking a lot of different kinds of actions to make sure that this beautiful place is healthy in, okay. in 100 years. So okay. everybody from kids in schools, we, we do education in all the schools, mm -hmm. uh, we take kids out, we teach them in the classroom, we teach grown-ups outside too, we right. do educational outings, we run a bunch of public open space land like Sugarloaf Ridge State Park which right. is an amazing place and we do environmental research and uh, occasionally we dip our toes into land use policy and mm. stuff like that because um, it's all related with the environment how we use the land yes is, is all part of it yeah just so I understand when you say Sonoma Valley like yeah. a lot of people like when I say Sonoma Valley I'm talking about a wine region right and there is an overlay of what you're talking about yeah. but I've seen you guys say you are part of the Sonoma Creek watershed yeah what does that mean so a watershed is the concave shape mm -hmm. that tends to pool all of its water. So around here we don't get snow, but we do right. get rain. So all of the rain that falls in this bowl mm -hmm. all ends up going down eventually to Sonoma Creek. And okay. so Sonoma Creek and all of its many tributaries are the, the circulation system of this piece of land. And eventually all the water goes down those tributaries and into Sonoma Creek and eventually goes out to the um, San Francisco Bay. The very, so we're the, Sonoma Valley is the watershed at the top of San Francisco Bay. Of San Francisco, Bay. and I'm drinking some water right now, which actually technically is from the Russian River. Yes, <laughs> most, most of the water that goes into the pipes of most of the houses in the Sonoma Valley watershed mm -hmm. actually comes from a different watershed. I guess if they're not in, on a well system exactly. here. So and generally people on the floor of the valley, the mm -hmm. flat parts of the valley, generally are getting their water from the Russian River and people up in the hills mm -hmm. and all, all the vineyards mm -hmm. um, are getting their water from the ground, from wells. From from the Sonoma yeah. Creek watershed. And that water, there's this cool website where it shows like if you drop, uh, you, you can put a, on a map where a drop of rain falls and you can track it all the way to the ocean. Yeah. And it's kind of neat because the water sh changes here up by Ledson Winery from uh, Russian River to Sonoma Creek. Mm -hmm. There's kind mm -hmm. of a... The watershed divide. The watershed divide, thank yes, you. Okay. Yes, yes. And uh, related to that, one of the cool toys we take into classrooms and sometimes, you know, events for grown-ups too, is right. this amazing physical model of a watershed that's mm. maybe five feet by five feet and mm -hmm. it, it uses a projector to shine down um, a typographic picture oh, okay. of a watershed and you can do that same thing you can draw you can have it rain right on a, on a mountain <laughs> please rain <laughs> and you can see the yeah. blue and, uh, running down slope and through the That's streams cool. yeah water Water spends a great deal of time in the ground, and okay. um, and that's a good thing because uh, even before climate change hit us around here, we mm -hmm. have this very bipolar mm -hmm. weather year where we have a dry season and a wet season, right. and so <clears throat> when you don't get water for half the year, you really want it to get into the ground so that you can have access to it later. Right, um, right. By wells. Store. It's a bank. Yes, it's a bank. It's the safest place. Why should people care about water, though? Like the watershed. Why, why do people care? <laughs> <laughs> well, if people drink <laughs> or eat food, uh, right. food is mostly water. Mm. Um, and uh, so there's some very short-term selfish reasons to care about water. Right. Uh, but also the beauty of every place that we live, um, mm -hmm. the trees, the animals, 
the birds. Uh, you know, without water, you have a place that looks like Mars. Right. Um, right. So uh, we've always, I think, in California and in the West, you know, there's that old saying, uh, whiskey's for drinking and water's for fighting. That's right. That's fighting um, over. That's right. But incredibly, it was only um, in 2014 mm-hmm. that California became the last state in the country to, to, re- to regulate its groundwater. Oh, really? To say by law that we need to not use up the bank account, which is amazing. Um, so, so water uh, is important. Is what, it's almost <laughs> so, one would say elemental, literally. In that water sense. is life. That's water is life. That's it. Okay, so you get the ecology center. You guys are in charge of the watershed as like your, your area, but it's not just water you deal with. It's that's like right. plants, animals, land use, land. Yeah, I mean, it's the land. It's the land and how people relate to it. And actually, mm-hmm. we're not in charge of anything. We're mm-hmm. a nonprofit. We have no authority over anything, you, yeah. which, okay, which, <laughs> which really informs what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, almost all the land in Sonoma Valley, as in most of Sonoma County, is privately owned. Mm-hmm. And so what really matters is what people who own land and manage land mm-hmm. and affect land, what they choose to do. Okay. Um, there's rules out there. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you can't take so much water out of the creek that your neighbor downstream has none. That's, right. that's a rule. But... Um, what the land needs is way more than what the rules require. Because sometimes the rules are written along property lines yes. and, and ownership rights, but that's not really how the natural world maybe no. works. No, and See, it's not going to get us where we want to go. If we want a right. future, so, I mean, we're all about we're all about thinking about what it would take for a place like this mm-hmm. to have a future where people are thriving, the land is thriving, mm-hmm. wild lamb, animals are thriving, mm-hmm. um, where where we can weather the um, the ups and downs of extremes, mm-hmm. weather, whatever, um, without losing too much of what's precious. Uh, I mean, living on the edge of the continent over here, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. we've always had extremes. We've mm-hmm. always had floods and droughts, et cetera, but we're looking at a lot more of that mm-hmm. um, now and in the future. And also, um, our land use is, you know, land, the way people use land changes over time too. Mm-hmm. So, whatever we do, whether it's the old land use pattern of potatoes and pears um, and oranges. You know. I thought you were going to go for another pea. How about pinot? Well, I was going to get there. Oh, you were. The I old, was trying to keep all the peas. Okay, good. Yeah. Potatoes, pears, and oranges. Good. <laughs> or the current, right. which is, um, uh, you know, most of the land it's that's used is mm-hmm. used for vineyards and it's used for rural mm-hmm. homes. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and we don't know what's going to come next. Right. But land use changes over time. So what we really want is for the basic functions of this watershed to work. We want the we want the land to be able to take in water and absorb it to grow trees, to hold mm. on to its soil, hold mm-hmm. on to its mm-hmm. water, and also be beautiful, support a human population. Exactly. I mean, here we are. So what I like though, you, you, there's two things you said there. One was that the the use of the land for people mm-hmm. and how to do that, and then kind of the wild corridors. Mm-hmm. What I like about the ecology center is you have two places where a visitor can experience both of those options. Mm-hmm. One being the Sonoma Garden Park yep. um, over there off Seventh Street. Yep. yep, Seventh Street East. Uh, Seventh Street East. Where what I like about it is there's a permaculture exhibit. Um, there's there's picnic tables. There's this beautiful fig tree, the, the fig forest thing. You mm-hmm. can sit there. That's, that's my secret picnic spot. I tell people that now. Now that I told you it's not a secret. Um, there's a farmer's market there on Saturdays. Yep. And it's really about how you can either A, see how people grow food in a, in a more sustainable fashion, B, adopt certain things for your own house, mm-hmm. native plants or, or adapted plants to our dry weather, um, or also see how like, hey, if, if you want to buy food, here's a way that it can be grown in such a way that's more regenerative mm-hmm. <laughs> regenerative mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. other ways. So I love that. Yeah. Is that, how long have you guys been in charge of this place? Uh, I think it's about 1996. Okay. It was, it's, um, it's a six acre piece of land that's sort of out on the very edge of the city of Sonoma. Mm-hmm. And it was owned by a, a school teacher who didn't have oh, children, and she okay. she left it to the city to be a park, and um, the city didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> like, great, now we've got yeah. a rectangle of land just yeah. outside the city limits, or yeah. in the city limits now. Yeah. So it is, it's a really unusual place. I highly recommend that visitors and locals go there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, In addition to everything that you just said, which mm-hmm. is sort of informative and inspirational, it's also just a, a beautiful 
regenerative place just for your state of mind. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an incredible amount of bird life there. There's mm-hmm. often kids there who are entertaining because it's one of the few places where you can <laughs> just like, turn kids loose and they run. And I they... love them. They discover a lizard. Like, I'm sitting there <laughs> eating my sandwich like, a lizard! <laughs> There's a lizard! And people are going nuts. Yeah. This is fantastic. Yeah. Right? We also do these really wonderful summer camps there for kids um, okay. that are... Uh, a couple of them that are really well loved are based on Harry the Harry Potter books, and okay. uh, so people get to do like care of magical creatures and stuff out there. Oh, that um, is cool. Yeah, people love those. Um, so yeah, every, it's it's a very easy place to visit. Um, like you said, the market on Saturday is great, but anytime, any time of year, it's just a great place to roam around. Okay, and I love the. Um they have a, a children's orchard or something like that, the kindergarten orchard. I think kids planted these plants a long yes. time ago. These fruit trees are still there. Yes. Uh, peaches. And it's, I've, I've, I just, just a little bit ago had an amazing peach from Oh, there. did you really? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a neat thing. Yeah. And then, um, but I also know that you guys, do you sell plants there or native plants? There's like a nursery in the back there. Yeah. The nursery mostly grows native plants that we use for ecological restoration projects, mm. uh, which we do for private um customers and also under grants um, okay so we that's one of the big things we do is restore damaged places like kind of like along creek like mm-hmm. riparian corridors mm-hmm. and things like that yep. okay interesting. That's, that's the most common setting that we do um planting Ooh. uh and then we do also just have plant sales there for the general public uh once or twice a year and those sales uh, include both natives and food plants and flowers okay, okay. Uh, that's another thing we do is there is grow flowers uh there's also a uh the first permitted straw bale structure in Sonoma okay, County. Okay, so there. explain what a straw bale structure is, because I'm not a hippie who lives in New York, but <laughs> what does that mean, and how does that work? Well, a straw bale structure essentially has walls made from straw bales, mm-hmm. bales of straw. Don't and we just call that adobe? Isn't that like essentially... No, adobe is, mo- is, is mostly mud okay. with some straw in it. And that's what we can see by the mission and the barracks yes. here in Sonoma. Yes. Okay, so this is mostly This straw. is just a st- bales of straw with rebar in them. Oh, there's for, rebar. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And the the upside of straw is that it's practically free. Right. And it's incredible insulating okay. uh, qualities. So very little need to heat and cool on okay. a building like that. And the, the noise um, muffling is amazing. Mm. Mm. Um, so it's a very simple construction mm. technique. And um, mm. yeah, that, that barn. But did you coat it with stucco? You can, yeah, you can I mean, coat How do you keep the water from right. rotting? Yes, you have to okay. coat the outside with something. Okay. Um, yeah, there's just, you know, standard roof there. Um, and if you look up in there, the trusses are really complicated because they were donated from some <laughs> other barn. And it, was a, it was a complete community effort to build right. that thing. Um, and there's salvaged, really cool salvaged wood on the outside that's got these cool lichens in it. Can people now build a house in Sonoma County out of straw bale? Or yeah. It's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. The, the code allows it now. It's a thing, okay. yes. Okay. It's a thing. It's a thing. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean the 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 way that 90% of our buildings have been built is just it's it's just one of many options mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and uh this is a whole other thing that part of the ecology center has gotten involved in recently is the the housing crisis but mm-hmm. um it, it would be smart for the planet mm-hmm. and for money to, mm-hmm. if we broadened our minds about how to build buildings because right. um wood is not the endlessly available they call it the stick, the stick uh, yeah building with yeah. a lot of I mean they used to use redwood until they don't have redwood yeah, as much anymore exactly, and exactly. different things there and, and Adobe you know Adobe has a lot to recommend it including the fact that it's everywhere if you have a piece of dirt to put a house on you have some dirt <laughs> well there was something you know the, er, the early European settlers here yes would use Adobe yeah. right in their mud it's, it's yeah. good and good you can up. do a hybrid too you can do Adobe part way up and then straw above that oh, okay yeah, lots of options you big hippies I knew it I knew it. So let me take let me transfer away from that from Cinema Garden Park to Sugarloaf State Park. Yeah. Which you guys are also the nonprofit that kind of partners with state parks to yes. to run it. Yes, we and operate it. Rather than permaculture gardening, that's a wild yeah. park with a waterfall. You have a waterfall. You guys have the waterfall. <laughs> <laughs> what? There's actually many waterfalls in Sonoma Valley because this valley has a whole volcanic history. That's pretty steep on the hills um, there or what? Yeah, there's a, a, a cap of volcanic rock, you know, that used to be lava. Right. On the upper parts of mo- of the hills around here. And so on almost every creek that runs out of the hills, mm-hmm. there is a place there's where... There's a little shelf and a drop. Yeah, yeah. But most of them are on private property. Are you telling me that there's a possibility? I mean, not likely... 
there's a possibility of a volcano erupting in Sonoma Valley? No. Come no, on, do it. Give me the pitch. Come on. You'd have to you'd have to be around for many I mean the hot spot is not here anymore. It's not here anymore. Yeah. No, it has to do north. with continental drift and all that. Yeah, it's north. It's actually the hot spot is up by Clear Lake. Mount Kanaktai is is that's on, a real volcano. Still on, yeah. I that mean, one's active. It's active, although for human lifespans, that's probably not, not likely in our likelihood. Yeah, because the, yeah, because the the area just north of town of Sonoma, it's called the Springs. Yes, uh, was named because there were and still are uh, geothermal springs. Yes. that were there, and those are because of volcanic activity. Yes, and yeah. they we would still have access to them if we had not pumped so much water out of our aquifer. I mean, oh. that that water, that hot water, is now mm -hmm. no longer reachable by wells Got um, it. but okay. that there were hot springs all over this valley and they were a major part of the economy right for That's, a long time famously jack london first came, came here, here for that and a train there's a pathway north of the plaza that was an old train right of way which was part of an excursion train that would go up to the springs so that you could and, to glen, ellen. and glen ellen yeah. to to go take the waters that's right that's right which is another wonderful publicly accessible open space thing that hmm. Um, visitors should know about is the, just the bike path. That, I love that bike path. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, yeah. It, it goes through these um, beautiful grassy fields around the historic home of General do, Vallejo. Do you guys do the vernal pool thing? Is that the ecology center? Sometimes I see there's someone's out, maybe state parks, like there's someone out there that'll talk about what we call vernal pools or what, what people in the Midwest call puddles, but they're <laughs> like, you know, these cool uh, lakes, yeah, small lakes that, that mm -hmm. marshes that pop up in the rainy season. Yeah. Th that is state parks. Mm -hmm. um, we, so they do some interpretive walks out there sometimes. Mm -hmm. And then they also need to do before, before they mow those mm -hmm. fields every year, they have to do uh, bird surveys to make sure that mm -hmm. they're not mowing birds nests. Can I ask you a question? How do you survey a bird? Do you ask them to fill out a survey? Is it online? Okay. I know they there's... They don't like that. They're so shy. <laughs> they do it anonymously because they're birds. They're, they don't want to pay a lot of money because they're cheap. Back to Sugarloaf. Yeah, Sugarloaf. <laughs> Tell me about Sugarloaf. What is up there that as a visitor to Sonoma Valley or someone who lives here, what, what should I go see at Sugarloaf? There's so much to see at Sugarloaf. Mm -hmm. It's huge. It's mm -hmm. like 4,000 acres. Yeah. And it's highly varied too. Mm -hmm. So there are shady, lush streamside paths mm -hmm. to take. Um, there are, you know, steelhead trout in the streams up there, but you can't fish for them. Okay. Do not take there. home the steelhead kids. No. Right. Um, there are really dramatic mountaintop. 360 degree views over into from the top of Bald Mountain and Sugarloaf mm -hmm. on a clear day you can see the Sierras mm. um, and then you can see out uh, toward the ocean too you can't see the ocean from there mm -hmm. um, and that's a to get up there is a mm, two or three hour hike depending on how mm. you got to uh, commit because a lot of people think they say you want to go for a walk and I see Sugarloaf and they look at their shoes and they're wearing sandals I'm like well there are some paths you can do absolutely but like if you want to get up there that's a hike. Yeah. We've we got to be clear about that, yeah. right? It's, it's yeah, beautiful. Yeah, there's just hiking. a huge range of things you can do. The, right. the, the most diverse and shortest walk loop, I think, that I often recommend is the Ponygate Trail, mm -hmm. which goes up into these grassy little hills, then goes into a really nice shady oak woodland, and mm -hmm. then comes down to Sonoma Creek right at that waterfall. Mm -hmm. And then <clears throat> coming up from there, you're going through Redwoods. Right. So that's a great little loop. Um, and that just takes, I don't know, an hour and you see like seven different All plant the different communities. varieties there. Right. Yeah. And then, of course, Sugarloaf has great camping, a really fine campground. So what's weird, not only is this great campground, but I think if you don't have a tent, you can rent a tent. Yes. Well, you can, so if you're, if you're coming from a city or you don't have the background of camping, that's right. they will set it up for you. That's right. Yeah. That. It's a, I mean, since, since we took it over, um, it's become, let's just say, much more customer service oriented. There's a great right. little store, visitor center. People are super friendly. You can get trail <laughs> maps. You can get suggestions. You can go in there and say, I want to take a walk, but I only have an hour and my foot right. hurts. You know, right. what do I do? I think you have one of the last 
one of two or three phone booths up there still. Because one in the plaza, I think there's one up there at the visitor center. There I'm is. trying to remember. There is. Yeah, you can get an ice cream after your hike. You can tell your kids that there will be an ice cream after the Oh, hike. if they it make it? Yeah, that's difference. right. Stop hitting your brother yeah. and there'll be ice cream. That's right. And we, I mean, the summertime on the weekends, there are little campfire programs. There's a really nice little amphitheater up there. Right, right. Um, we have been recently developing a really nice relationship with a big family of WAPO heritage. That's, oh, okay. Um, yeah. So one of the tribes that has washed back and forth across this mm-hmm. valley over the centuries is the WAPO. And um, so just a couple weeks ago, uh, oh, cool. a young woman from that family, Desi Harp, who's on our staff, was giving a presentation up there. And there's lots of great stuff that happens at Sugarloaf. And it's, it's, just a, it's a there's a really vibrant volunteer mm-hmm. um, community too. So if that's your thing, if you want to you know, get your hands dirty while you're here, there's often something going on. Well, people can kind of yep. like do like trail restoration yep. or something like that. Yep. There's also an observatory. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know the whole story of how this happened, but the largest volunteer run observatory in the Western U.S. Yeah. Is, it's like a legit. Yeah. Like three major telescopes. Right. With like the this whole is like the university level. Slides open yeah. And, this is something you see at a college. Yeah. It's very serious. And I thought, I'm like, the, oh yeah, observatory is a telescope. And I'm like, oh no, this is a big dome. Yeah. And, yeah. It's, it's, um, and they have these wonderful star parties, hmm. um, in, on, on, usually on weekends at night where, um, amateurs will come and bring their telescopes. So you, mm-hmm. their whole little parking lot has like 15 different telescopes set up, yeah. all looking at different things with really enthusiastic people there who will help you see yeah. the crazy stuff that's in the sky. It's great. It's great. And it, this is such a small, community too that I just think it's fun that the the daughter of the man who started that mm-hmm. um is that Robert Ferguson is it Robert that Ferguson okay um his daughter uh who is the head of the observatory oh, okay she also was for several years the city's engineer she just retired oh, she from that w- yeah oh my god it's Fergie yeah Fergie oh my god <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, so okay. She, she grew up with that observatory. And oh, there was a crazy story. I, you tell me if we don't have time for this, but there was time. a crazy story during the 2017 fires mm-hmm. when there was a very short time window when a few people were allowed by the fire people to make a run mm-hmm. to Sugarloaf to try to get, to get the, telescopes? the telescopes out. Did they get them? Because they got them. Wow. They got them, and then the fire came through, but it didn't burn. It didn't burn the. It didn't burn anything except one historic, very cute wooden outhouse. Oh, historic <laughs> outhouse! <laughs> oh dear, I love that. Which we was still get, part of the campground. It was an operating. Was like, it really historic? Yeah. Historic. It's, yeah, yeah. I, I think um, Jack <laughs> London himself went there. Uh, here's a question <laughs> for you. Uh, speaking of the fires, which we, you know, it's it's hard to not talk about. It. It's uh-huh. part of coming on the five year anniversary of yes. that coming up. Um, you guys did a good job of showing how the California landscape, fire is a part of that landscape and how it comes back. And I know like in 2018, 19, we had these great wildflowers appearing that we hadn't seen in a long time. These beautiful blue, there's my sign, they're blue and they're flowers. But <laughs> <laughs> like you saw a lot of them yes. appearing and stuff like that. And what I really like is kind of you guys showed and talked about that's part of the natural cycle of a landscape in the Mediterranean style West. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's cool to watch the recovery. Um, yeah. I mean, the plants here know, they know what to do with fire because right. there's been fire here. Um, although interestingly, you know, the fire that they have adapted to is, is human fire. I mean, mm. we around here, we get very, very little lightning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, for nobody knows how long, maybe 20,000 years, the fire that has been around here that all these plant communities adapted mm-hmm. to was Indian fire. When they would like light the fire to clear out the yep. understory. Yep. Interesting. They, they did it often enough that, um, and they didn't do it everywhere because why bother with, you know. Right, too far away from yeah. where they live, right? Um, but they were doing it often enough that when it burned, it burned low mm-hmm. and calm and cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, most of the fire in Sugarloaf in 2017, for example, was was like that. Mm-hmm. It just accidentally, one of the wildlife cameras up there got this amazing video oh, over, right. over like six hours of the fire very slowly coming Just creeping it. along the floor. And there, at yeah. one point, there's a deer 
Yeah. It's, it's walking by. The flames are like six inches tall. Right. And the deer is just munching and looking around. <laughs> just like, hey, looking. hey, Bob, look at this. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. So it's grilled. when you get yeah. fire like that, they call it cool fire. Mm. Um, you don't get the death of all the big trees. Mm-hmm. You get what you get. The trees have enough bark. Is yes, that maybe it? That's okay. why oaks have bark like that. That's okay. why they have it. That's why Got redwoods it. have it. Oh. Um, so anywhere you see oaks mm-hmm. around the world mm-hmm. that's a fire adapted landscape that's why they've got it um what you want is for the fire to kill the little trees mm-hmm. because of what you want for many reasons water mm-hmm. retention you want the big trees mm-hmm. you want fewer bigger healthier well-spaced right. trees because that sequesters more carbon it captures mm-hmm. more water it creates more biodiversity blah 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 blah, blah. <laughs> um so that's just all good big right. old trees are good um but uh, so that uh, Indian fire was all shut down um, when the missionaries came in and then the American settlers came in. Mm. And so we've had these hundred years and more of suppressing all fires. Oh. So now we have had overgrowth in many places, mm. not every place. Um, and then when we do get fires and especially with climate, um, climate enhanced winds, mm-hmm. but they can be catastrophic. They can be catastrophic for people and they can be catastrophic for the land. Not everywhere. Because right. right. like I said, like most of those fires, most of the acreage burned in most of those fires was not catastrophic. Right. Um, just... But Sugarloaf, um, you know, we all know that a lot of these fires have been started by power lines mm-hmm. and the vast majority of fires around our region are started by people in some way or form. Right. You know, our some some fashion and, or uh, yeah, dragging a uh, trailer a chain. A chain. Yeah. It's, so what yeah. can happen, it's happening in Southern California all the time, and it happened at Sugarloaf, is that we're getting fire too frequently. Mm. More than the environment than is used to. Respond. Yeah. So it doesn't grow back exactly. and regenerate. Precisely. Oh, okay. Interesting. So in Sugarloaf, they, it, 75% of it burned in 2017, and then 75% of it burned again in 2020, and that's okay, too well, frequent. I did not major math, but that's 150%. So that, <laughs> so you're telling me something burned twice. Is yes. That okay. Yes. Is you there, tried to pull fast. <laughs> yeah. So that's too frequent. Um, mm. You know, so you can't expect oak trees to recover like no. that. But can, but I, wait, can I build off that? Because you mentioned trail cameras. Yeah. You have a lot of trail cameras. Yes. You guys capture bears. Yes. Not catch, catch. On, on cameras. Yes. Are there places, tell, tell me what people can see where these cameras, not they can't see the cameras, but where can they see the what footage. the cameras see? Yeah. Yeah. I, go to Sugarloaf. Ridge State Park dot okay. okay. I'm sorry, I missed that. Sugarloafpark.org. Got it. Um, yeah, fantastic. There's and also uh, the Facebook um, for Sugarloaf. Okay, has that? That's that. You the get, you get it there first. Right. Um, yeah, great. Uh, the the website has a um, a couple of videos that are a collage of the, okay. best, the highlights. Um, mountain well, lions. Mountain lions. Bobcats, okay. Mountain lions. Bobcats. There was this crazy video of um some of the staff up there found a dead deer they think mm. it was from two deer fighting oh. and found a dead deer and they carted it off to a part of the park that nobody ever goes okay. and then they put a camera on it oh yeah and a bear came out of in the dark they always look spooky in the in, in, in the <laughs> video. Eyes, sometimes their eyes, yeah, their eyes shine. infrared or something like that yeah, yeah. it's reflective uh-huh. so the bear comes like sort of toward the deer looks suspicious looks around like is this a trap what's going on and then grabs it in its mouth and runs off takes the whole deer takes the whole thing was it a big deer yes and bears they're so strong how Let's big see. are okay so we have bears in sonoma valley we have black bears black bears mm-hmm. <clears throat> and how big do they get like i mean i, I know you're not a, a ursolid or well, ursologist or something <laughs> <laughs> well, i was trying to think about what that was too yeah ursine biologist um they are I would say three, three and a half feet at the shoulder, you know. When they're, on, when they're on all fours. Yeah. That's a big animal. Yeah. yeah, they're big. I mean, they're not remotely as big as grizzlies, which, of course, is the state animal that is no more in the state. Right. Which used to roam everywhere, everywhere from, the, from the, the baylands up to the mountains. Everywhere. And, Huge um, numbers. And they There's might... a story of Yount. What was his name? Something. Uh, the guy that Yountville is named for. Okay. George or Jeff Yount. There's a diary entry of his where he and his buddies were coming from Yauntville over to Sonoma mm-hmm. for a day, whatever, and they they, they they shot like 12. Grizzly bears. Grizzly bears on that one day. Jeez. They were everywhere. Those were fearsome, enormous. Like when I see the claws in those things, yes. they're like pocket knife size. Yes. <laughs> they're terrifying. Yes. Um, okay. So I'm glad. I mean, I'm sad they're gone. 
I'm glad I didn't run into 12 of them on my way to Yauntville. Right. Because we probably wouldn't be here. Um, but so you have these black bears. Mm -hmm. And do they, are they similar to the ones that Yosemite that, that get into everyone's cars and stuff? Or ours a little less it's really, food focused? It's really important that the black bears not learn mm. that people stuff is where the food is. It's really important for people and it's really important for bears. That, right. that So we, we have, we're part of a partnership called um, the North Bay Bear Collaborative. Mm. The, the website is Being With Bears. Um <laughs> <laughs> but the whole idea is yeah. being with my bear, yeah. be the bear. We, I mean, they're bears that learn that people are where the food is are mm -hmm. really terrible for pets, goats. Right. And eventually, eventually, sometimes they have to be euthanized yes. and, and that's just not good for anybody. Yeah. So no. at Sugarloaf, um, and we've been helping other public parks do this too. We now have bear proof trash oh, you do. Good. and yeah, the recycling and, um, uh, and and really, that's all it takes. If if mm. if you bear proof your outdoor stuff and you don't leave food out mm -hmm. like pet food, um, and you make and this is true for mountain lions too. People who have livestock really need to make their mm. enclosures uh, while uh, mountain lion proof and bear proof. Otherwise, you're you're going to create a customer. You know, right? You really don't a buffet. Do that. Do, is it true that donkeys can help protect wildlife or uh, uh, pasture animals from mountain lions? Sure, all kinds of. All kinds of animals can do that. Really? They just get like a llama I've imprinted. Heard. Yeah. They get imprinted. And I mean, donkeys, um, you know, donkeys can cook. Can, I know they're kind of mean. They can run. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And they're oh. loud too. So oh, okay. they can also alert the, the humans. If they're coming. Yeah. So there's also, um, I don't know if you know the people, they have some sort of mountain lion thing up there in Glen Ellen. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, living with lions. Living with lions. Okay. Kind of like being with bears. Being with Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Yeah, so Partying that's uh, Quinton and Liz Martins, mm -hmm. who are super cool. They're South African uh, biologists, and oh, okay. they uh, radio tag, they radio collar mountain lions around here, and you can you can go on their website and see and where track they are them. going. They yes. move around because there is a winery here called Wine Snob. They <laughs> the, the wine, they're funny people. Uh, they're really nice, but they one of their wine labels is named after one of the lions. Uh huh. P, a, P something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Why is it P, a P for Puma or something? Or I what? don't know what the okay. P is. Um, but yeah, you can you can see these guys move around. Uh, they they are everywhere. They they go everywhere. And there could be one in the studio right now. We don't even know it because <laughs> they're so good at hiding. But they no, are I, really good at hiding. They they are super shy. This mm. is something that people should really know about mountain lions. It's like the two facts. You got to get them both in your head. They are everywhere, and mm. they do not want to have anything to do with you. Right. Um, any people contact with mountain lions is really rare mm. and quite special, actually. Mm -hmm. And the frequency of a mountain lion actually attacking is just vanishingly rare. It's, it's much, much more, more likely more to be hit by a car or lightning or lightning. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. that's pretty rare. Then. Yeah. 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 Um, so I, you know, I've only seen one once and I've, I really I would love to see them. And you've been more. in this game for yeah. 20 something years. I would love to see more. Uh, but they are they're big and beautiful and very shy, and they eat deer. They, you know, it, that's what they want. Well, okay, but so a lot. First time we were up at uh, Annadale with my kids mm. when it was small. When they were small, and we crested a hill, and there was a cat. And of course, my wife freaked out, and mm -hmm. I said, "That's not a mountain lion. That's a bobcat." Almost right? certainly, because, and it was a bobcat. But yeah. you see a lot of bobcat scat. Uh, yeah. around when you're hiking. But how come we're more likely to see bobcats? Is it because there's more of them? Oh, yeah. There's much, okay. there's many more of them. And they're just not as shy. Mm -hmm. They're... Um, and they eat garbage. They're generalists. <laughs> they That's, I, was just, I wasn't going to say they eat garbage, but no, they... they do. They like a <laughs> garbage can. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. Stay I mean, some, some animals are really specialized and uh, mountain lions are generally specialized on deer. And mm. so that's what they're, that's where, why they're going, where they're going and what they're looking for. And bobcats have a much wider search image, like coyotes, right. you know, they're just going to snoop into everything. Coyotes are in San Francisco. They caught yeah. them going across Golden Gate Bridge. They didn't even pay the toll. But I think <laughs> if there's three of them, it's free. I don't know how it works. It's carpool. Um, it's very impressive. I mean, yeah. people have been, Americans have been trying to obliterate coyotes yeah, you know, from day one, and it's just really quite. You're not going to do that it. They're, that they're still here. They're they're still around, and they're so insouciant. Oh, just, good word. They just trot around and look at you like <laughs> you got a problem yeah. with them. I I have a. <laughs> you can see them sometimes in the vineyards up, up mm -hmm. on the hill, and I, I don't know if they eat grapes or not, but yes, they they, do. they go through. And I think they're also probably chasing rabbits, rabbits and, and yeah. gophers and whatever. What 
cool animal that you wouldn't expect for us to see? Like, what's your favorite, like, on a trail camera? You see, like, it's just some weird bird or something that you get really excited about, or, like, you don't, they're all, you love all the animals the same. <laughs> I do have kind of a special thing for badgers. Badgers? Badger. We have badgers? We have badgers. Like they're, the, really? They're really. Aren't they mean? If they're, yeah, if they're attacked. They're kind of legendary yeah. for being ferocious for their size. But then the question is, if you're attacking a badger, that means you're digging a hole in the ground and yeah, fighting it. Why would you do that? Yeah. yeah. Really? I, so they they like very quiet grasslands. So they're um, the southwest part of Sonoma Valley where you're starting to go over to Petaluma and there's mm -hmm. those more grassy. Yeah. Um, I've never seen one in Sonoma Valley. I've only ever seen one in Washington State. Mm. Um, but I... I don't know why I like them. They're kind of mysterious. They keep to themselves. I like the fact that they have, they just seem to have like five times the intention and uh -huh. potential ferocity that they should have for their size. Got it. Okay. It's like a real interesting package there. You know, they're related uh, to raccoons. Mm. Raccoons are much more relatable. Right. Because they're, they're generalists like people and they're just like curious about everything. Everyone and, loves raccoons until there's one until, that gets through your dog. Oh, bar. yeah. They're not. You do not want to cross a raccoon. I've had that. We had to, we had to um, convince one to leave our house with a broom because oh. it was halfway in a dog it, door. It we're just like, get out, get out. <laughs> like, once it got in the house, I knew all, yeah. all hell was going to break loose. Yeah. So, yeah. so I also am just um, always excessively tickled to have native birds show up in my yard. I okay. mean, just on my way here, I was walking out the door and there was a, an Anna's hummingbird, oh, a... Titmouse, which mm -hmm. is a little gray bird with a. Are they the ones the little, the little yeah, yeah. the ni the '90s boy band hair? Yes, exactly. Ah, okay, yeah, and um, and quail and oh, the California quails, yeah, famous just, the It's great. Very I wish, cool. I wish that more people. Uh, this is another thing we do mm -hmm. really promote landscaping with native plants. Yeah, and when you landscape with native plants, you get native birds, and it's I've, it's a beautiful thing. We tore out our lawn for people who do live in California. There's an opportunity. Check with your city to tear out yeah. your lawn and put in native plants. I know you you have it in your house, um, but it's amazing how much more diverse just your yard gets. Yeah, and, and but it's like it's so because like a, a, a lawn is a you know monoculture and dumb and it doesn't really have seeds. It's just right. like, Ugh. Um, and then when you have the, the penstemons and the salvias and these you know different even native plants, those are. It's insane. Oh, it's native. Okay. Yeah. It's great. Oh, you're a botanist. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So what, uh, real quick, you went to school and studied biology, botany, yeah. badgerology. What did you study? <laughs> uh, yeah. I got a biology degree at Berkeley. Okay. A kind of a general biology, okay. not the micro, not the macro. Just right. Just <laughs> middle of the road biology. Yeah. Right. And then later I, um, I went to uh, grad school in Arizona because mm. I had given up on California. It was just too crowded. Yeah. I forget it. I'm out of this it. place. Um, even though I'm locally grown. Uh, uh, so I decided I was going to be a Southwest person and I did kind of fall in love with the Southwest, but I went to a botany department mm. because there were these two professors there who focused on um, streams and dry places, mm. which I'm always, have always just been really drawn to okay. the, the place in the landscape. And you really feel that at this time of year too, mm -hmm. like it's green there. There's, Isn't that there's weird? water there. There's life there. Or there's a seep where you see like there's a creek, but it's not above. It's like under. It's below ground. Below ground yeah. And there's trees. Uh, what are they called? Willows. Uh, will, willows. Yeah, willows. Kind of like you follow through the yeah. through a little crack in the surface. Yeah. That's yeah. kind of crazy. Yeah. There's just these little ribbons of life that persist through these really difficult months. Mm. Um, speaking of which, I also just want to say beaver. Um, oh, we have beavers here. Yes, we have beavers. In the Sonoma here. Creek. Yes. In several places. And the last, I actually yeah. saw one. Around here, they're not easy to actually see. They're quite shy. Mm. So mostly what you see is you can see the dams mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that they build, and you can see uh, trees that they have uh, felled. Oh, in you know, preparation of making a dam? Or just they just don't like that tree? They eat, they eat the leaves and twigs. They do. Um, and okay. they also use the branches for their dams. Got it. Okay. But at Maxwell Park. Um, there's really? A, yes. If you go down to the swimming hole, and then you go a little bit upstream. So literally there, down... The street from a McDonald's. Yes, you can right. go find a beaver dam. That's right. That's, that's amazing. Right. You know, wildlife and and native plants, they want to grow. They want right. to live. If there if there's room, if they can, they will. Okay. Wait, on that, what's one plant you hate? Come on. The plant you hate. Come on. There's gotta be one. Yellow star thistle. Yellow star look at your face. <laughs> Yellow star thistle. Is that an invasive? Or is that just one you hate? 
maybe 10 years ago, I read the statistic that it had invaded 10% of California. Mm -hmm. And it's, um, it grows in, it grows in grasslands, like, like you see at, at the top of so many of our hills mm -hmm. around here. And it's incredibly good at extracting water from dry ground. Is it? The one that literally has spikes on the side yes. and it's yellow. Oh, yellow okay. star. Yeah. And what about that, that French broom stuff? Everyone's mad That's about that stuff. That's pretty terrible too. Okay. It, it just, so the problem with these plants, of course, a plant cannot be evil, you know? It's right. just they're, doing its thing. They're just, they're where they are. And they thrive here because they come from someplace that has very similar weather to here. Yeah. Uh, and they, the thing is that they got here without also bringing with them the microbes and critters that ate them and, that, and the them. disease organisms mm. that kept them in a balance wherever mm, they came mm, from. Mm. And, um, and they, they, they push others out. Mm. They can create a monocrop basically. And a monocrop is just no good for, for biodiversity. Interesting. It, so French broom will also become so dense and overcrowded that mm. it will become a serious fire hazard. Oh, cause it's flammable. Uh, if it's, if it's, dry. if it's not healthy, which, right. you know, in, September at the end of three years of drought, <laughs> not very much is happy right. out there. So it'll burn. It'll definitely burn. And it's so dense right. that when one stem burns, the next 17 catch. What would you prefer to see? French broom or poison oak? <clears throat> oh, definitely poison oak. Because that's native? It's not just native. It It's not exclusive the mm. way French broom is. And it produces food, those berries. Like we can't use them, but right. birds love those berries on poison oak. I guess mammal. we're the only mammal that is affected by poison and oak. And only some of us. Yeah, who are those people that aren't affected by poison oak? I would oak? really like to know. For a long time, I thought that it seemed that um, that it was only white people. Oh, yeah? Who, yeah. But there's a lot of people who don't get poison oak. Do so I, I don't even know if that's true. I'm very curious about that. Right. Um, yeah, it's just, I think it's just sort of an accident of, you know, an accident of evolution. I, actually, I wonder if that, like, if you if you're background is Europe where maybe they don't have poison oak right. and you would react to it versus people right. who, you know, they've been here for millennia. Right. That's a great question. And the other thing interesting about poison oak is that you can, you can create an immunity to it by, by microdosing. <laughs> you just have to be very patient. <laughs> for all microdosing, just be patient. I love that. That's crazy. That and for people who aren't super familiar with it and who might be kept out of the woods by the fear mm -hmm. of it, you should know that if you that it doesn't get into your skin for about mm -hmm. an hour. Mm -hmm. So if you brush against it, you mm -hmm. can you can rinse it off with water, right. which you will have with you in your water bottle. As you should. As you should. And or so that Technu stuff. You don't ever have to get it. Okay. The Technu... You know, Techni is like based on gasoline. I, it is? It's, I, I was wondering why it was so slimy. Yeah. Is it really a petroleum? Yeah, it's completely Shut a petroleum off. product. Yeah. So I. Wait, is this big have, oil dumping up on, on the RBI I mean, it crowd? works. It's effective. But the yeah. thing is that you don't need it. If you, if okay. you at your lunch break, right. you know, rinse off your hands right. and, uh, and your shins. I want to be clear. Mm. Most people don't get poison oak over their lunch break because most people don't work for the ecology center. But I love that that was in your mind. You're like, of course, you got poison no, oak I on was, your lunch break. I was thinking about um, hikers. Oh, right. I gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. I mean, most of our open space around here, the trails are really well maintained and you're unlikely. You're going to give me this because I know we, I, I kind of want to wrap it up here. But it's three great hikes yeah. in Sonoma, in and around Sonoma Valley, three great hikes. Any level, but can you give me three that you think would be a good one for someone visiting or living here? Yes. I thought you were going to ask me this question. So, Are I you would, serious? Yeah. Good job. I <laughs> would definitely recommend the Montini Overlook Trail Loop. It is a total of maybe it's four miles, the whole okay. loop, but you okay. can do, of course, much shorter than that. So these are, these are trails on the hillside immediately to the north of Sonoma Plaza. So mm. when you go up in those hills, you get these great views down the valley. Mm. They're not very far out. They're, you won't feel like you're off in Nowheresville, but right. the land is really typical of right. around here. Typical Northern and, California um, woodlands. Oak, oak yeah, it's rocky. So, mm -hmm. you know, wear real shoes. When the when the people come with their sandals, I'm like, yes. you could do over like my... Yeah, don't go... I, no, you, you, right. want, you want to have decent footwear for those right. trails. I, I use the, I always think of the word bony. Those hills oh, are bony. Yeah, good point. Um, they're, they, they face south. They're kind mm -hmm. of hot. So, uh, and you guys have at the top, uh, a neat little trail booklet at the Overlook Trail. Mm -hmm. 
that people can put their wishes and things That's into, right. which I love to see that. That's right. And there's just really great stories actually behind both right. of those trails. Um, so that's good. It is hot in the middle of the day. Right. Uh, so at this time of year, I would go at the beginning or the end of the day. Um, I run up there almost every day. Right. And then um, highly recommend that loop I mentioned at Sugarloaf. Okay. Pony Gate. Which is more of a hike, more substantial. Uh, it's Portal? not that much longer. Well, maybe, yeah. Okay. Maybe it's, maybe it's, um, maybe it's five miles. Okay. The whole loop. Okay. It's not, it's not one of the longer hikes there. Okay. Um, and then I would also recommend, uh, well, maybe I'll, I'll throw in to, okay. um, <laughs> the, just the bike path, you know, right. flat paved, super accessible, super accessible in right. the city, but great views. Mm -hmm. Uh, you get to walk right by Vallejo's home, which is great. Vineyard um, is right there. There's a patch, there's a farm. You yes. can see it all. Yeah. It's great. It's, it's a great place. You can stop walk. at Sebastiani and get some uh, liquid refreshment if you need some wine. That's right. <laughs> You're like half a block from the sweet scoops. If you need ice cream, you, you always walk right cream. by Villa cheese, which is right. a fantastic experience. Right. Um, and okay. then, um, we also, uh, so we have three state parks in Stone Valley. We are mm -hmm. amazingly well served. Mm -hmm. You know, Jack London is fantastic. A lot of people know a lot about it. Mm -hmm. You can also get to the back side of Annadale State Park from okay. from Lawndale Road. So very yep. few people go in that way. Yeah. And um, you can get up. Uh, there's actually a really shady trail there on Frey Canyon mm. that very few people go on. I do want a bike path to Santa Rosa, and that's one of the ways to do it. But we haven't. I mean, that would require engineering. Yeah, but supposedly at, the Sooner Bike Path is going to be along Highway 12, which is not as... Yeah, so that's exciting. been in the works for 30 years. I know. <laughs> Everyone's like, the bike path's going to happen. I'm like, yeah, I know. I can't wait for my great-great-grandkids <laughs> to be on it. We I, are really blessed with open space here. It's something really special about this part of the county versus the West County. Right. We just have a lot of it. So I I just think it's great. I think it's, you know, I'm, I'm actually not a big wine drinker. So mm -hmm. for me, what Sonoma Valley is, mm -hmm. is these beautiful outdoor places yeah well that's that's a great point Kayla. we get a lot of people say i'm not a wine drinker i'm like that's fine yeah you don't there's, there's so literally other things to do yes. here yeah and, and you can't drink all day long i mean i no. guess some people can they can but. try i've seen them <laughs> but you shouldn't um i wasn't was i going to get you to talk trash about jack london state park or are you not, you're not okay i don't have a lot of trash to talk about jack london that's a cool spot um it's uh, a neat park it is a neat park and it's got i mean it's sort of it's got these two completely different sides you know the mm -hmm. historic part and Jack London, that sort of cult of personality around him and his life, which was mm -hmm. very dramatic, but it's a big park. And yeah. at the, at, you know, if you really, if you're up for it and you get up to the top, mm -hmm. you're on that ridge between Sonoma Valley and Petaluma Valley. Mm -hmm. It's the views are astounding. It's phenomenal up there. Yeah. And it's just not a view that you can get from, from anywhere else. And you feel, feel very pleased with yourself. So do you there. think we'll ever get a trail that goes all the way from like Napa through Sonoma to the coast, that's easy to hike. Because I had a guy, a journalist, ask me he wanted to hike from Napa into Santa Rosa, and we kind of put it together. But there's some places where there's private property, <laughs> so it was kind of tricky. But yeah. would there ever be, or or part of the? I know there's the Bay Trail or something. There's like that. There's Bay Ridge Trail. Yeah. Yeah, and there is now, very. I would say in 2023, there's mm -hmm. going to be a connection between Sugarloaf Ridge State Park and. Um, uh, suddenly I can't remember the name. Um, the, the next one that's closer Mountain? to Santa Rosa. Hood Mountain, um, Annadale. Hood Mountain. Uh, it's it's Hood okay. Mountain. So the question is, you'd still have to get like across Santa Rosa. Right. Um, then you'd, which you can which do. Which you can, you so can there, walk there, through Santa Rosa. Well, and there's a, that trail, uh, the Redona Trail goes through part of yes, it. Yes, yes. So a lot of this is the rail, once you get in the city areas, it has to be the rail to trail conversions. Right. Probably. But. There is a group called the Camino de Sonoma. Oh. I think, and mm -hmm. they do a walk from the mission here okay. to the coast. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh, wait, they go to Fort Ross. I think they... they uh, maybe so. Yeah, yeah, they, that's right, because yeah. I think they're, they're uh, the the Spanish, then actually the Mexicans who founded the mission to yes. go see the, the Russians the at Russians Fort, at Ross. Fort Ross. Yeah. I guess it reconnects some historic Yeah, that's trek. the idea. That's the idea. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Because a lot of the Indian um, communities... Uh, had seasonal migrations mm -hmm. just to take advantage of the best weather in all places. So they right. were traveling pretty long distances. Pretty so there. some of, you know, many of our roads are on those routes. Old Native American paths yep. that went through. That's crazy. Yep. Yep. So, all right. yeah. Caitlin, what, if people want more information about the Ecology Center 
And I know you, from there they can find the other stuff. Yeah. Where do they? What's your website? How do they find information about you guys? SonomaEcologyCenter.org. Pretty okay. simple. <laughs> yeah, we are we are kind of a big umbrella. We do a lot of different things because that's what it takes. You well, know. you, I didn't bring it up because it's rude to bring up the uh, refrigerator full of dead fish heads or something like that. But I think <laughs> you guys even do like biology and, and like uh, fish uh, research and different things related to the watershed. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. The dead fish in the freezer, that's uh, one of our educational <laughs> units for kids is about the watershed. And one of the great ways to tell people about watersheds and mm -hmm. how they connect to the ocean is to talk about steelhead and salmon because steelhead and salmon go both places in their lifetime. They and they come up. They come, what's that, yeah. what's that, uh, there's a word for a fish that lives in both seawater. Anadromous. That's it. Good job. You know that word. All right. <laughs> so you know all the words. Um, yeah. So you, we have fish that are salmon, not so common anymore, but bringing them back, who can go from the Sonoma Creek to the ocean, live out in the ocean. No. Then they're, they're they born come in back? The creeks. They're born in the creeks. They go to the ocean. They go to the ocean. They get big. Uh -huh. And then they come back. They come back. To spawn. So it's not it's not like a monarch. It's not like their offspring come back. It's like they themselves. They themselves personally. Come back. How long does a fish live? I don't know. Without that, getting eaten the, by a killer whale or something. But they they are often they're often a few years old before they come back. Okay. They have to be a certain size because they have to be able to swim upstream. Pretty far. It, yeah, pretty far. And it's just it's astounding that they can redo their entire physiology for yeah. salt water and fresh water. And you know they're breathing it. So yeah, I it's amazing. I'm like, and then I know at the end they get kind of gross when they're so after they spawn. Salmon die after they spawn; they get one shot. That's it. But steelhead trout, yeah. can go back and forth multiple oh, times. I didn't know that. Yeah. so they're they're the travelers. Yes, they are, and they're they're very they're very tough. So we don't get salmon every year here. Mm. We get salmon in good years, in good okay. wet years, and okay. they're huge. They they're. It's kind of I've seen videos mind blowing. A little a little stream. Tiny and, stream. And there's like this like two and a half foot, three foot yes. monster fish. Sticking up out of the water. <laughs> it's amazing. It's crazy. And, but and they're nice because you can actually see them. The steelhead are much more stealthy. You mm. they come at night, they come mm. when the water is muddy, you don't see them. Yeah, some people say if you wear polarized glasses. I don't know when the water. It's hard to see through the water too, yes. but sometimes you can kind of see through it with different yeah. types of glasses. But it's they're hard to see. The, so our steelhead will spend the summer here. Oh. Um, and that and so with, and they can only do that in the deepest, coolest pools. Got it. And okay. the, that's where the polaris lenses are helpful. But again, okay. I repeat, it is illegal to even look sideways at these fish. Don't, you don't even, touch them. But go to the website, lots of information. You can, probably. You can look at them, but don't you don't, don't, you don't even try to get touch close them. to them. They're they're really on a knife's edge. Um, okay. because water is water's hard right now and it's going to yeah. get harder yeah. so uh, just last winter there were amazing huge salmon spawning all hmm. the way up as far as Sugarloaf which that's crazy. That's it's far. just amazing that they get that far if people drive it they'll be like wow we're pretty far from the ocean You're like, <laughs> yeah and a fish just swam that yeah huh yeah. upstream yeah and they come up this, uh, they come up from the bay and uh, so they go right by Sonoma here yes the Sonoma Creek's right here well Sonoma Creek is in Maxwell Park yeah yeah, mm -hmm. huh. yeah. yeah. they go right up they go through the beaver dams. So okay. again, like beaver and fish are very compatible. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh, amazing. It's a whole, it's this, I mean, that's what's great about the natural world. There's like all these lives happening right. at, out there that are available for our amazement if we look and we know and where we If we pay look. attention. Yeah. All right. I love, well, Caitlin, thanks for, thanks for joining us. And I really appreciate it was that. Great. If everyone wants the information again, that website one more time is SonomaEcologyCenter.org. Great. And if anybody else wants more information about wonderful groups like the Sonoma Ecology Center, you can find it at SonomaValley.com. Again, SonomaValley.com. And if you've listened this long, you are committed to this podcast. <laughs> so please like, comment, subscribe, tell your friends to listen to the Sonoma Spiel, and we'll see you next week. Thank you very much. Bye.